Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. <laughs> Sean Enton. Um, Sean, okay, now, if you guys are just joining us, you haven't read the bio yet, it might get a little confusing. I've listened to the pod, uh, listened to other podcasts that Sean's has been on. He's a man. I guess the easiest way to like describe him, a man that just says yes and makes things happen, even in bad times, kind of thing. Says yes, I'm gonna find a way. I'm gonna do it and make things happen. That's a, I think the easiest way to describe you. But how would you describe yourself, Sean? That was good. I mean, I've tried everything. I, I've <laughs> I've won. I've lost. I failed. I've gotten choked out. I, I've died. I've come back. I've done a lot of different things in my life, and I've continued to push on because I believe in my mantra: "I can, I shall, I will," and that's really the starting of it. So, you're. I mean, you classify yourself as a stroke hacker, hacker right? Yeah, and I yeah. think that was. I mean, I guess something that defined who you are today, yet that's not who you, you really are, I guess. I mean, you're the core of who you are is mm -hmm. basically that man that says, yes, has built things, has kind of grown things. This was just like kind of a, one of your biggest hurdles. I would, from the outside looking in that you had to yeah. overcome. Right. Yes. Yes. Vinny. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a, uh, you know, it's, I never was going to understand what a stroke was or a brain injury was until I, it happened to me. And, and when you're living in a state of pure bliss and you believe that, that you're immortal, all of a sudden, well, one day your life's going to change. And it did. I was 39 and suffered a massive stroke from a routine exercise being done in mixed martial arts. And I got choked out. I got caught in a choke in my carotid artery and right side of my neck got severed and it sent clots to the choke. So I was, I was saying, I was going into I was having a brain injury, not even knowing it. Cause most of the time with stroke, you have four hours to get a shot and you have symptoms which stand for face, arm, speech, and timing. It stands for fast. So I didn't have any of these signs until six weeks post the choke. Cause most of the time you can, you can get into a hospital and they'll give you what's called a clot buster and they'll give you a shot and that'll, and that'll, it's like a, it's like a, a, um, a blood thinner. It's, it, it's just, it'll blow up the clots in, in your body. Mine, that, that didn't happen because mine was so long. My brain was so agitated and losing oxygen and blood that I was basically, um, I was dying. Hmm. I mean, I think a lot, I mean, hearing your story, you're a part of three movies. You built three movies. You built a company yeah. of five people to the 70 some people. You're able yeah. to party, enjoy yourself with yeah. UFC fighters, Navy SEALs. Yeah. I mean, really, really accomplished a lot from, a young age and i mean until that that the age of 39 right there yeah mm -hmm. i mean that you saw the the great that happened and then that that moment that really big down moment had to make it even feel even that much harder oh absolutely Vinny. it's you know you work you know you work your whole ass off in life you know i set up my goals i set up my sharks i had my vision board i had everything needed married two beautiful kids i lived on the beach and on, on the sunset cliffs in san diego and Life was great. I built two companies, taking them from private to public entities with my partners and, um, you know, hanging out with the Navy SEALs and, you know, the best shape of my life and playing going one on one with even Shaq at his house in Orlando. Don't, that's a whole nother story. Um, but kind of found myself along the lines of being with these high profile people 
And all of a sudden, one day I wake up and they tell me I'm paralyzed and I may never walk, talk or drive a car again. And I'm like, this makes no sense to me. So I literally at the age of 40 was rebirthed into a new person. What do you think before this, before this stroke happened? Uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the the successes you've had. You mean playing basketball at Shaq? You mean seeing these UFC fighters, building right, these yeah. businesses? What was there? I mean, one of the bigger hurdles that you've had to kind of work through before this stroke? Do you kind of remember? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just getting through the lows and, and you know the highs and the lows every day in business. You know, it's like I tell I tell all entrepreneurs, you know, get ready to. You know, I tell all the, you know, if I go teach an, an entrepreneur class, the first, the first thing I tell the kids are get ready to get paid last and to get sued first. You got to be able to really weather the storm. But when you get through and open up that business and you actually can figure out what the model is and where people are good at being in positions, it starts to kick over. But most of the people fail because they don't even get up to the starting line and they're afraid they can't get their logo done. They, they don't even know how to get a website up. They're so caught on the minutiae of everything else that I just tell people, you got to jump in the water and start swimming. You got to start playing. And that's what I've always done. I mean, most of the businesses I've started and built, I had no idea what they were about. I just knew that my internal gut said I got to get involved with these companies, whether it's film and finance, whether it's real estate, whether it's building a, a greenhouse builders, which was in my energy efficient company in San Diego, or building a tequila company with Shaq. I mean, it's just, it was all part of being right place at the right time, really surround myself with, with brilliant people, people who are smarter than me always. That's my key to success. Being that you were, are so open to saying yes and just saying, I'm going to go for it. Was there any ones that didn't work out? Any, any businesses that? <laughs> a lot of them. I mean, I, I've been, you know, there's been a lot of businesses I've tried, um, you know, but, but again, you get knocked off the horse. You got to get back on it. You got to be willing to take those, take those wounds and take those hits and keep going and shit I, I got i got kicked off a horse a couple of times obviously it led to the brain injury it led to a stroke it led, led to you know it led to me being paralyzed but i have to still overcome that i'm still living with that every day how do you how do you separate being strong in your mindset of saying this is the right path for me and not being stubborn and, and, and finding out maybe this isn't the right business for me well, you know what it is? You know, I tell everybody, if you're getting up every day and, and you're going to work, obviously the, with the pandemic, it's yeah. not really, you know, but I tell everybody, I, you know, I'm telling everybody you're going to work every day, you're not really enjoying your life. You got you to tell everybody you wake up every day and you're going to go have fun and you're going to go complete a mission and have the pa and keep that passion driving because the passion is what builds any company. You, you look at Elon, you look at you look at Steve Jobs, what, what Bill Gates, whatever they're going to do, Michael Dells of the world, Serge Branson, they did it because they believed it and, and they believed that they were having fun. If you don't have fun at what you do, get the fuck out of that business. Go do something what you enjoy. You know, I always, I put people in, in, in positions in my company. What do you like doing? I like selling. Great. You like marketing and sales? You probably, and do you like finance? No, I hate numbers. Well, I'm not going to put you in the accounting division if you hate numbers, you know, if, if you want to sit and analyze numbers all day long, I've got a whole accounting department that I'll put you in. If you want to project manage people, I've got that position too. So whatever you, I look at people and interview them and go, what are your loves? What are your interests? And I want to teach you by being inspiring and not, and not fear-based. Because I don't believe you run a company based on fear. 
Because everyone's like, am I afraid to get fired? Am I afraid to even show up tomorrow? I don't want that. I want a family. I want to build a tribe. So, so you're not you're not picking the person when you're hiring someone based off of the job that I guess they're looking for, but more about the love of what they're looking to to, to no. do. But so no. what would you what would you say is a quality that they must have and a quality if they had it, you don't want to hire them? I want to make sure that they're happy with me and with the company and with the team. The interview that, that I look at people is to make sure I'm catering to them. What, what are their needs? What do they want to do? How can I be of service to them? Because I believe you build a company. Everyone says it starts from the top and goes down. No, it goes from the bottom up. The bottom, and there's no bottom or up in any companies. Everyone I look at being equal. And I'll never ask anybody in any of my companies to do something that I would not do. But because- you- you probably get, I mean, let's say 20, 30, 40, whatever the number is of people interviewing, you're probably not hiring all those people to your no. company. So what are some things that, that stand out for you when you look at a person? Oh, okay. That's a good, a good one. So I, you know, I was told, I was taught earlier in life, hire, hire people who are either in the, the military because they don't know how to quit or hire mm-hmm. somebody who played a sport in college and then went to school because if that person played a sport in college, Let's say you swam in college. That means you're waking up at five in the morning, hitting the pool, then going to school all day and coming back in the evening and back in the pool again. That clock is always going. They have to, their frame, their mindset is ready to go. And I love hiring, you know, student athletes because you put them into a a workforce, they're going to outperform everybody else because that's how they're geared to go. And, you know, so that's what I would say. You know, I was looking for, for people like, you know, and then I, you know, the, the whole thing of entitlement of people coming in saying, you know, I went to, I went to this Ivy League school, went to that Ivy League school. That's great. But what have you done for the community? Where have you traveled to? And I hate to say it, but sell me this pen. Make me laugh. Make me smile. Tell me a joke. You know, and that's, I want to get to know somebody. I want to get to know somebody in the heart first. Because all the other stuff, all the other business stuff can figure itself out. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I, I love that. I, if you didn't play a sport and you're listening right now and you're looking to uh, to apply for one of uh, Sean's companies. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> well, okay. So now let's get into, okay, you get choked out. It happens a, a, a couple months or a couple weeks afterwards and yes. you get the stroke. What's right. that feeling like when the stroke actually happens? Uh, oh, deep question. So again, I went unconscious. So the whole thing was I wasn't even in San Diego. I was in San Luis Obispo visiting my money manager for the weekend of Thanksgiving, taking the family away, just getting some time off in San Luis Obispo, which is about two hours north of LA. We're in the wine country. The kids want to play together. They're out. These kids, you know, my kids are on bikes still. They're, they're running around. A new change of pace. And, um, you know, I woke up on, on Thanksgiving on, on Black Friday literally the day after Thanksgiving, after we had food and we had a couple of glasses of wine. And I remember looking in the mirror and I remember seeing my soul leave my body. And the next thing you know, I'm seeing, I can't move my left, my, my left arm. I can't position my hand in front of my face. I have no record. I have no conception of what this hand is doing. My face is drooping. My speech is horrible. And I, and I'm going, and I'm literally said, said to Stephanie, who's my ex-wife at the time, I said, call my dad. He's a doctor. I think I'm dying. He's, he call, he, he call, he tells her, call the paramedics right now. I think my son's having a stroke. 
Vinny, I didn't know what a stroke was. I had, I thought you had to be out of shape. You had to be a smoker. You had to be something else. You had to be, I was in great shape. I was at 39. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Not that I was going to go back in the military, not that I was ever in the military, but I had that mindset that if, if you know, anything, anything that's put in front of me, I'm going to accomplish it. I wasn't exactly hoping to accomplish to be the stroke. I was hoping to build a lot of other fucking stuff that I could enjoy in, in my lifetime. But, uh, you know, I was getting ready to look at second houses, look at buying boats. You know, what else can I keep building? How can I keep my team involved and keep expanding with my main core team so we can kind of be in a lot of the different tech companies and, and everything else? And then all of a sudden, the morning of the stroke, I get medevac to one hospital and that hospital doesn't know what to do with me. They're like, we can't help him. You know, they figured out that I'm, I'm an hour or 45 minutes away from Santa Barbara, which they have a, a stroke center there. And on Black Friday, you know, you're hoping that a doctor's around, a surgeon's around because everyone's traveling, everyone's gone skiing or something else. It turns out that there happened to be probably the number two or three neurosurgeon in the world sitting in the emergency room at that time, picks up the phone, here's what's going on with me and sends out a helicopter to uh, 45 minutes away from me. If I would have driven there in an ambulance, I would have died. I would have crashed, I would have died. By seconds, I got on the helicopter, got in this guy's hands. He did some invasive maneuvers, invasive surgeries on me just to stop the, just stop the clot from keep, stop the carotid artery from sending out clots in my brain. They tried a number of things. Um, they, they tried to put me on ice first to kind of freeze my body because my brain kept swelling so bad because it was literally trying to come out the backside of my head. So they tried to freeze me. They threw a shunt into my carotid artery, into my neck. That didn't work either. Then they, a uh, day later, I was, I was not doing well. I was, I was coming in out of consciousness, but I was dying. My, 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 my brain was turning off. The central nervous, this, the central, the, the CPU of my head, of the whole body is, is basically going to funk. The brain shuts off, the rest of the body's gonna die. So he knew this. So what he had to do was he had to induce me into a 10-day coma, hoping that in that time, my brain wouldn't be as inflamed and it, and it would start to heal itself. Well, that did not work for me. So what he had to do after that was he had to do what's called a craniectomy, which, which they had to take the skull off my head and let it sit outside, uh, take this, literally this whole piece of my skull was taken off my head, stored in my abdomen pocket just to preserve the, the, the um, just to preserve the skull tissue. They put it in my abdomen to store it, which is a whole bizarre story. Um, woke up from the coma, not being able to speak and being told I'm paralyzed or paraplegic and that I'm never going to regain much ever again. And the chance of me doing much more is probably slim. Now that in Santa Barbara, he had more hopes because my brain was starting to come around a little bit further. My speech was starting to come back and the word, the brain injury happened on the right side, didn't affect my cognitive as much as most other people. So my speaking was coming back. So he initiated therapy to me in the ICU within a couple of days of me waking up from the coma, just get me back reacclimated because my brain was that of a three-year-old kid in, in a 40-year-old body. Okay, so you're, you're told all this kind of stuff. Right. And However, I was told all – I'm sorry to cut you off. I was told all that stuff when I moved – when I got shipped down to San Diego to do my inpatient rehab. When they first got a hold of me, they came in – the neuropsychiatrist – the neuropsychiatrist came and got a hold of me and said, um, you know, your right side of your brain is dead 
and don't ever don't think about working or driving or anything for a long time. And I, I looked at her with all I had and said to her, you're fired. Get me a new team of people and tell me what I can do. Don't tell me what I can't do. And I'm still learning my speech. So something was something was implanted in me that I knew I, knew I needed to keep going. Because I was, I was in the best shape of my life. I was, you know, I was training with Dan Henderson. I was, I was playing basketball with Shaquille O'Neal. I was, you know, running with the Navy SEALs. I was just, life was great. I mean, I was in tip-top shape, not knowing that I was getting ready for the fight of my life. So when this lady said to me, um, I wasn't going to do all this stuff, I fired her and got a team of people into my, in to see me. And I kept telling them, tell me what I can do and tell me how to get out of this bed and start walking again because I want to get into that gym over there. I couldn't, I had no mobility. I had no legs. I was completely paralyzed, completely. I mean, I was totally out of it. So I think, I think most people, I mean, if they were told what you were told, would have probably just, I mean, let their emotions out and cried and, you oh, know, yeah. feel, feel sorry. You mean like, I mean, even for a moment, was there, there wasn't even a moment that you just basically. Oh, oh Vinny, it was horrific. I mean, uh, my brain, again, I was so angry. I was so upset. I was on yeah. so many meds. I was cursing at everybody, swinging at everybody. I had the worst Tourette's. I had the worst. Um, I, I couldn't mean, I, if you want to study my brain emotionally, I was off the charts. I was mm -hmm. probably, I, I was suicidal. I didn't want to live because I kept feeling the pressure of my head because it was trying to heal. I understand they, they only took. I had like 20 some stitches. I mean, it looks like a horseshoe. I, I grew my hair back, but um, it was, it was, the emotional side was tougher. I mean, it was, so, it was so much harder than regaining my physical side, but I was so determined to regain the physical side that I was, I wasn't allowing my brain to actually keep up with what was going on with my body, the emotional side of it. How did your, your wife and your, your two kids take, I mean, the situation? It was very tough. I mean, my kids were 18 months old and four, and four years old. And here I am in San Diego before this all happened. We lived 18 minutes from, from SeaWorld. Literally, I had a, I had a child in the, the Bjorn on my, on my chest, another child on my shoulders, two kids on me, you know, and we're off to SeaWorld. We're off to the zoo. We're off to, you know, the Wild Animal Park. San Diego is a great place for children. You know that. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like being on vacation every day. And, um, and, you know, when I came home and realized that I couldn't even be around my kids because the sound and the noise and the light hurt me so bad, I actually had to be separated from them for a while so I can go back and heal. So I was taken, I was, I had to come, we came back to, up to Los Angeles and I had to move back in with my parents just so I could, just so I could let my brain heal so I can catch up to everybody else. How was, I mean, because you have control of yourself and the mindset that what you're doing, right? And you're saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. Yet when you're, and that has to be harder for a four-year-old, you know, for, oh, yeah. for your wife to, to, I mean, to fully understand what you're going through. And now you have to almost worry about their emotions, their mindset. And how, how did that happen? I mean, was it, Constant conversations? Um, was it yeah, what you were going to do? I really, I really don't really like to talk about my, my, you know, uh, Stephanie, who's my ex. Listen, it, it tore us up. I mean, it's, okay. I mean she, she was not capable of handling me uh, in diapers and taking on two kids all by herself. I mean, I needed a caregiver. I wasn't a, able to, um, I wasn't able to bathe. I wasn't able to walk. I was, I, I was in the pens. I was a mess. I yeah. was, 
I, I was worse than my 18 month old. And it, it, it just, it, you know, I needed, I needed to be put, I needed, I need time just to heal. Yeah. And but in my mentality was my whole thought was if I keep going, 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 I'm going to heal myself because that's what my mindset was. But what I didn't realize is that you got to pace and you got to create the flow to find out what, you know, you can't do with, you know, even, even normally you can't go run marathon and go train jujitsu and then go do yoga all within the same day. If yeah. you're going to crash and burn, your body needs to rest. And had I gone back now, oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm running a whole curriculum on this in books because the biggest thing I could have done was actually rest and get enough sleep in because my brain wasn't able to keep up with where my body wanted to go. Did you have um, active companies at that time? Yes, I did. How was how was that? Their leaders gone. Their leaders not there. Well, well, well I was one of a handful of guys, but okay. I was in a sense I was the glue. I was the chief marketing officer. I was the guy who kind of was putting everybody together and making sure things were flowing right. Um, I was never the CEO. I didn't want to be the CEO. I didn't want to be a spokesperson. I was yep. the guy behind the guy, you know. And then all of a sudden, having the stroke, I become the stroke. I, I become the stroke hacker. But I now become the voice. I stand. I, I speak for those who can't speak for themselves, and I stand for those who can't stand for themselves. That's what I've become. You know, I've thrown out the first pitch for the Angels, thrown out the first pitch for the A's. But I, I, I take on people now what, what what their challenges are, and it could be either, you know, a brain injury, it could be a stroke, it could be um, the, the the loss of a loved one through a death, it could be cancer, it could be a heart attack. It doesn't matter. We all go through trauma, but the key is with trauma, how do you get from trauma? to triumph? How do you get on that road to recovery? And how do you really create the new you in that whole, in that whole process? I mean, do you have a, I know that's a, it's a big question. And if I were to say, well, what's the answer, right? Because people are listening right now, like, oh my gosh, man, he's gone through so much. I, I, mean, I mean, I've gone through this too. I mean, what's the answer? Is there, is there a, a game plan? Is there a spark notes? Is there basically something? Have, that you can, yeah. Yes, I've created the game plan. I've created the curriculum. I'm building them. I'm building what I think is going to be the companion book and the Bible to help these people get back. Because listen, I believe in Western medicine. I believe in the MD world completely. I believe these surgeons saved my life, but I also have a belief there's Eastern medicine out there. There's plant medicine, there's chiropractors, there's nutritional people out there who can really help the body heal on that level. So what I do is, is I've kind of merged both worlds and I give people what I've done because I'm not a doctor. And I say, here's what I've done. You now make your, uh, your own choice. If you want to talk to me, you want me to help you with what you're doing, I can help you through anything. I know I can. I, you know, I know if, if you're having issues with you know, a virus, bacteria, a disease, a, a brain injury, anything that's holding you back, there's probably somebody that I know in my circle I can turn you on to to help you to get through that. But most of the time, it's just it's, it's moving. Meaning it's keeping that movement going. If you move, you're going to improve. And the biggest thing I tell people now, besides my mantra, I can, I shall, I will, um, we're actually people, I started this, I started talking about my stroke on, it was the original show was called Five Minutes with Shawnee. It was on Facebook. And I started talking to people and that led to two to four to five people to thousands of people, me talking literally on my old iPhone four or five way back in the day. I mean, holding a camera like this going, here's what I'm doing today. And I created this mantra. Next thing I know, I have people who put tattoos on them. They took my mantra. They put, they, they tattooed themselves, and they go, "Hey, we need you to show up more." And I'm like, 
I guess I'm having, I guess I'm helping. And now I get people calling me and, and they're like, I'm having challenges. I'm doing this. So I've actually helped people get back into their driver's seat, help people get back to work and get reintegrated with, with, with their loved ones. Cause what you want out of it is you want independence because the biggest thing for us being a brain injury or stroke survivor is to regain that independence and how to get reintegrated back into society. So that's where we're at. It's just, it's just been a tough, you know, it's a tough challenge, but yet people have to want to do it. Yeah. Do you ever, and I, I mean, I, I know this sounds like a, a tough, it's a tough question. Do you ever feel you get, get sympathy for your situation? Because I know that's probably can be deflating. I mean, I would assume um, uh, because oh, you're yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, listen, you know, I limp, my left arm doesn't work a hundred percent either. A, yeah. a lot of the stuff in my life is, um, is challenging. So people see me come in, they'll go, God, this is a handsome guy, but he's got what, ha you know, I get people all the time going, Hey, so what happened to you? I mean, that's yeah. king accident. Did you get a car accident? I, you know, I, I have fun with it. I, I say, listen, what do you really want to know? I, I, you know, I told, I told people in the beginning, back when I had a shaved head and I scars all, I said, don't go swim in Catalina because the great whites are out there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you got to bring humor to this. And it's like, yeah. you see me, I got bit by a shark. You should see that shark. I mean, everybody has imperfections, but it's that finding the love and the peace within inside of you to allow those to be possible. Because everyone has this impression with the pandemic that everything's impossible. That's so bullshit. Impossible means I'm possible. So if we all believe that we're possible of doing anything, anything can be accomplished. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I had a guy on the the podcast, um, Alex Montoya. He had he was born with no arms, one leg, uh, and it was one of those things that when people saw him, they basically assumed he couldn't do X, Y, and Z. So he had to learn how to change the way that he entered a room, entered a conversation. So they didn't see that as a negative, but they saw it more as a, a positive. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's just about showing up and knowing yeah. that, Hey, I mean, I'm as human as this next person is across from me or this room of people that I speak to, whether it's on stage or it used to be on stage or whether it's now on zoom, it doesn't matter how you look. It's about how you're showing up and people are going to feel that heart or that, you know, everything. I've got huge empathy. I've got huge kindness and compassion. I didn't have this, Vinny, before my stroke. I yeah. was racing to make millions. I've already, I've already, I already had that. But I wanted to become the next whatever. You know, is yeah. always more, 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 more. And to be honest, too, on that note, you know, you die with all these millions. You can't take the money to heaven. What are you going to do with it? Like, where's it going to go? And but all you can do is is what is when you pass away is how, what memories are you going to leave behind? Like what you're doing now with this podcast forever in a day, this will exist in the, you know, in, in this cloud of what we call the yeah. web now that you have memories of telling people stories. Cause I believe stories are what really people need to hear. So if, if we had the ability to go back in time and I know not changing it, but if you could talk to your 20 year old self, the one that was everything you touched turned into gold. And I mean, that still might be you, but at that time, is there any advice you'd give that, that person, that kid? Of course, slow down and breathe, slow down and breathe. There's nothing to, there's nowhere to go, be in the moment and enjoy life. Just enjoy life. Just shut your eyes, let all the noise go away. And just wherever you think you're going, you're not going to end up going there at this pace. Cause if you're running so hard and so quick, Vanny, 
with anything, and you know this, you're in real estate, you can't close a deal any faster than when it's going to happen. Yeah. The banks, the you know, the mortgage companies, the entitlements, the titles, everything that you go through with closing a property is it takes time. You can try to speed up and rush it as much as you can by getting the paperwork done. But at the end of the day, it's up to the universe to grant you this piece of property if you're going to want it or not. I mean, thank you, Sean, for being on here. Uh, th thank you, everyone, for listening to, to Sean's story. If people are trying to get more of this positivity in their life, I mean, follow your mantra. I can, I shall, I will. I mean, what's the best way for them to follow your journey and be part of your community? Oh, strokehacker.com. Just, just go to strokehacker.com and they'll find me. I'm Sean Enson. I've been, I've been on CNN. I've been on ABC. I've been, I've been all over the news. I'm not leaving. I'm here and I'm, I'm committed to help a million people in the next couple of years, get over all their humps, all their challenges and let's provide solutions and let's get these people back into living extraordinary lives because being ordinary sucks. Being extraordinary is awesome. And, and thank you again, Sean, for being on here. And again, if you're listening right now, maybe this isn't, it's not for you, but you know a friend, a family member that's going through something. I mean, maybe get them in contact with Sean, get them part of Sean's community and I mean, spread the word, spread the message. You heard his goal about a million people he wants to touch over the next couple of years. You I mean, help him get on that journey. Thank you, Sean, again, for being here. Thank you. Vinny, thank you so much, man. Anytime for you. I love you, pal. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.